0: Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. We're going to talk about
1: Hollywood, Babylon. How Dean Winchester is one hell of a PA.
0: Condiments and shotguns.
1: And oh, so many tongue twisters, including scream, queen, scream. I said it once. Can I say it twice? Scream. Nope. They cannot say it twice. (laughs) All right. Let's do this.
0: To this week's episode of devil's trap podcast
1: i'm diana i'm the girl known as liz i think that's my name I something it. like that something like that <laughs> what i'm called yeah you know i and not to talk shit about somebody but i'm gonna tell you this and hopefully they're not someone who listens to the podcast but if you're a lawyer and you choose to go by kimmy i'm not gonna take your ass seriously sorry there was just a name thing that was on i was like "Fuck it, kimmy and like her name is kimberly and like it, it, but in her byline it was just like yeah uh, uh, man okay i was like and i was expecting to see like a, like someone who just passed the bar and and Kimmy was, was not no she was an older woman and I'm like yeah i'm not putting on my camera for you kimmy i'm not wearing any pants
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the only like those nicknames that start with like an a y sound it's a lot of times they sound
1: my my parents when i was a kid uh, hey all you guys can hold this against me when i was a kid and i was named elizabeth there was somebody across the street from us who was my babysitter and her name was beth and at that time i guess you did not short elizabeth to liz i don't know but they went with betsy so i am a Slightly overweight girl with glasses, big frizzy hair, and the name of Betsy. Do you think that like, goes well for you in elementary school parents? It does not. No. It, it, <sighs> and thankfully, almost everybody who remembers by that name is dead. So... <sighs>
0: Oh, oh good times on that, on that time. cheerful note on that cheerful note we're gonna eventually get around to talking about season two episode 18 hollywood babylon of supernatural Dude, um, in stop the saying time- that.
1: you're gonna keep it's been stuck in my head like every time oh, i know so for those of you who are not into our world uh misfits has a song called hollywood babylon and yeah that's just yep. every time i look at this like hollywood babylon, babylon. <laughs> uh, exactly
0: i saw yeah. it come up on the screen i'm like oh huh! and i'm like Fuck, Now out in my head <laughs> Like, yeah. like huh.
1: uh, oh. so let's get our shitty or shit 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 chat shit chat there we go shit, shit, new term. so how was your week what's exciting um,
0: it was pretty good um you know uh nothing too crazy we had our long weekend but uh i got to go to see in person for the first time ever a uh, lowrider car hop competition in person and uh that was in oak cliff in dallas which is my, my part of town i i reside near uh and then um it was pretty fucking epic they have like this giant like plexi and metal like measurement thing out in the parking lot and it's got numbers on it and the car and they get out of the car and they start flipping switches and the car is like got these beautiful beautiful engraved bumpers that they are slamming off of the concrete and i'm dying a little inside each time but i'm also cheering because it's really fucking cool and then the car like gets stuck like like vertical it's wild and some cars like didn't do much at all they were having issues but they it was really fascinating. Yeah, they couldn't get it up. Um, but it's pretty did fascinating.
1: El, like, did from El Marlo- Donkey win? That's all I need
0: to We left. We didn't stay for the entire competition, but El Donkey was by far the most popular. um And uh, so, yeah, we were we, were, we, we noticed that like it, it's just interesting. So, being in car culture, like at all, so you know, we have we have quote unquote hot rods, like pre sixty four cars like daily drivers and we've been to drag races like a vintage drags and then like you know we like cars it's you know fun but what's interesting is these vehicles are a lot of them not necessarily built for being the like your driver or the best running vehicles like i swear to god one didn't even have a transmission they just had an engine so you could charge the batteries in it. like it was like oh, i don't think I don't think that runs I think or it runs I don't think that moves um so that was just really fascinating like the difference where it's like ours is all about like being reliable and so you can go on a road trip or to a car show or get to your show or whatever or sound cool or other people's cars are like I want to go fast for very short periods of time in a very dangerous way because old cars are dangerous sometimes but it's uh it was kind of fascinating but no it was super fucking cool it's awesome it's awesome beautiful vehicles some uh like the hopping was wild and then I uh, got to do a little cruise um the next night. So both 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 Dave's babe's car and my car both got to make it out for cruises this weekend. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, that's my excitement. That's what all I got.
1: Yeah, your cars have more of a life than I do, I think. Uh <clears throat> yeah. So I, I did, I don't think I did shit this past week. Uh I think at one point I recovered and slept a lot and then i went to go visit my parents and then i came back and on the way back i was just like i was working without gps for a while so i turned on the wrong road but kind of like i knew like there was a road that would go somewhere so yeah. i just kind of went on a bunch of back roads and eventually threw on my gps just so i wasn't like completely lost on you know in the hill country getting eaten by the chupacabras yeah but uh yeah found uh this road which i'm not gonna say i'm sure you guys can figure out what diana's last name is but it was her last name that i ended (laughs) up going down and it was a great it was a great road to take a little beastie on it was all like curves and just like you go over like the river kind of cuts in and out so like you're driving over like these little bridges over the river and like all these like one lane roads there was nobody else on it and it was so it was great so it was just like me tooling around through yeah. like the, the texas country side going oh this is it was, a, it was a nice day and then uh i got time to like i got home and then commenced commence a lump time which is what i called it and just basically parked myself oh and then i got to go to trader joe's which is also very exciting but mm. um yeah and then i caught up on all the new episodes of miracle worker which is so oh, good oh, 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 oh. such a good show uh we and the new episodes of what we do in the shadows came out so I it was done all that yeah, I know, Get Wait, on we, your shit. Get. I know, we, we've,
0: been, we've been marathoning
1: Ted Lasso and I
0: know you have no interest and I'm not going to try to sell you on it anymore. I give up, but uh, I'm deeply, deeply entertained. But my, I, Dave's then, into soccer and I'm not, I think it's like, I think it's a stupid, boring sport with ties and that's lame, but, and there's a lot of running. Like all there is, is running and no scoring, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the show has like, you don't have to like soccer to like the show by a long shot. If you like Jason guess pretty much you like the show, I think.
1: <laughs> I'm sure I like it at some point, because I keep realizing that I've watched, I feel like I've watched all the content, and then I'm like, wait, there's more content. And I discovered new content last night, which we'll talk about when we get to Lore, uh, which is part of the things I did this weekend, but... Uh, yeah like TV, there's just so much like it there's never a, ends it just it never end. ends and you know like, it's,
0: it's it's deeply entertaining we made it through we watched the entire first season and started the second season just this in the past few days so at the 30 minute episodes knocking them out and somebody told me that i reminded them of a character on the show and uh so i was kind of excited to watch it and after the first couple of episodes i was offended <laughs> even though they had insisted that it was a compliment they because i hadn't seen it when they told me this and i was like and then now I'm like, fuck, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, and now I'm like, yep, I'll take that. I will own that shit. So that's nice. 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 But, all right. What are you, what
1: are so, you indulging? Uh,
0: I am drinking. Um, oh God, I just forgot what it's called. It's a San, it's a Texas, it's a Texas Sangiovese. Nice.
1: I am drinking Coleman's White.
0: This <laughs> mm, right. just
1: called white because that was what was in my fridge and i had to rush to get on here and i was like i need a beverage and then of course i'm in That's a hurry wine. yeah and the cork crumbled and then like i was like shit and so then basically i had to like push the cork all the way down and I was like where the fuck is my decanter i'm like i can't find a decanter to push this in and so now like i just have like this giant glass of white wine and a pint yeah. glass yeah. um been and there. then if i don't drink it all like it'll go like i'm putting in a mason jar or something but it's actually yeah, it is a decent
0: like, white it's like instead of like moonshine you've got like wine in a jar I like that
1: so it, it's a kind of vacuum sealed right i mean yeah, no, it makes
0: sense it just sounds funny
1: yeah no. uh so let's get this show on the road uh, sure. so uh, i'm excited about tonight's episode for, yeah. for numerous reasons uh so beyond the title that i'm not going to say again um which you know so we're in season two episode 18 this first aired april 19th 2007 it was directed by our favorite western suit wearer uh, phil Scritchia, and written by ben Edlund. and this episode is full of so many easter eggs there are so many nods to just them this is like one of the first meta episodes of supernatural we get to where they're just making fun of themselves and making fun of hollywood so i have got a ton of things that will be littered through here um that you know was going and i think you know we're gonna get through a lot of the cast there's a lot of cast tie-offs that i'm sure diana will will dig into you uh, but overall i'm just really exciting episode uh and one of the reasons it's really ha- exciting for me is because I'm planning this really lengthy trip to LA and so it gave me excuse to buy a ton of books on all the ghosts in Hollywood <laughs> so oh. that was one of the things I did when I was uh being a, a slug on my couch was just surrounded by ghost books on Hollywood uh so yeah let's get into this let's get started
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to say that obviously from the start, um, the first thing that came to my mind was Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 as far as what we're watching here. So, and that's a good thing in my mind. But-
1: it is a good thing and there are actually some very I'm not, I'm not going to go into them But there were some very direct nods To Evil Dead um, A lot of th- a lot of the shots were very reminiscent Of Sam yeah. Raimi um, Fortunately Bruce Campbell was not in this That fucking bastard And I'm shaking my fist like you Cookie If you're listening Cookie, fuck you like, Because Cookie took too long Putting on his makeup on Halloween And I missed yeah. my meet and greet With yeah. Bruce Campbell, so fuck you Cookie I love you, but fuck
0: you <laughs> there you go okay so we have the 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 episode starts out at, and then you get as i'm not giving it away, I'm like obviously you've seen this by now so it's obviously a movie set You got a girl with a flashlight so did a, you a think cabin. it was a movie set i had a vibe that it was something at first yeah like i mean look on my giveaway was when brody comes up like no i'm we've got to run blah blah i'm like oh yeah yeah this guy this is like this is obviously like some scripted bullshit so and like not like i'm obviously watching a television it's like the meta of like you're saying like okay this is a i'm watching a tv show and they're showing a scene being shot like that was yeah. my giveaway that dialogue um well but and so, the
1: acting was just
0: not awful good. not good yeah. intentionally atrocious yeah so yeah. um Anyway, so we've got Tara playing a character—the actor, rather, well, character. It's like layers on layers. The actual character on the show is named Tara, but she's playing a character named Wendy. And Brody is the one that startles her, and so she's trying to do this scream and um, and and is failing, basically. Um, and it's part of the problem is apparently she's reacting poorly to the tennis ball that's going to be changed into a CGI. Thing, so you get um, the production guys talking about how, like, uh, to 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 them offsides. Uh, Frank talking about how weird stuffs happened on that set before. This set might be haunted, and so she's then practicing on her own in running lines in the woods, and hears noises sees a hat fall on the ground, looks up and sees a ghost kind of like flicker and disappear. So I'm like, oh shit, that's not good. And you see Frank, the guy who just was talking about how the place is haunted, in the rafters and bleeding from his fucking face. And she screams very well this time. Really good scream. Yeah.
1: I guess I thought it was an interesting scream choice. It wasn't shrill. It was very, oh.
0: So. It was like, I'm actually scared. Not like a, ah! yeah, like Not a scream
1: queen's Scream Right, queen It was a legit scream. scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it Eight was good scream yeah. yeah yeah say that four times say it yeah. twice
0: okay oh, say it once <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, I don't that's hard but yeah so there we go um we cut to um our uh favorite brothers on a golf cart getting a tour of the film lot And uh,
1: fun fact, I've been uh, on this tour because this is actually it's supposed to be the Warner Brothers studio tour in Burbank. Uh, So I actually have done this where Stars Hollow does exist. Uh, They've kept up the the gazebo and the other things from Stars Hollow there. Uh, So as they're going through this, they're making comments, you know, and basically poking fun at Jared for being in gilmore girls they're like that's where gilmore girls is filmed oh. um so i don't know if you caught that they're like that's why I sam's, it, but, but, yeah. yeah sam's face was like Wah. and dean's like Hah. and it's like yeah. oh yeah you played dean on stars Hollow on on gilmore girls which confused me when i started watching this show because his name is dean on gilmore girls and now he's not dean his brother's name is Dean. yeah that's very confusing it was very confusing. Uh so yes, I I've, I've done this tour. Um it's actually a pretty good one. I don't know if they're still doing it. Um and we'll get to the cemetery later. So obviously the this felt this episode was not filmed in, in Burbank. It was filmed in Vancouver.
0: Right. There's a but funny line about that. It's made to
1: look like Burbank.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like that they made a reference to Creep show um and uh seeing Matt Damon some funny little random lines I thought that I noticed. Yeah. Um, but when they hop off the cart and they're walking, um, Dean's talking about how they're on vacation and that's how, you know, that's, he doesn't want to work on vacation. Something about, you know, pool hopping and stuff. And Sam makes a joke that the weather there is practically Canadian. <sighs> and I was amused. Cause I'm like, Oh shit, I know they're shooting in Canada. So there was my, there was a funny little, you talk about all the jabs at themselves. There's one that I found at least. Yeah. Um, so anyways and they're pretty flippant though Uh, sam basically just basically straight up says he wants to keep his mind off of what happened with madison and so that's why he's digging into work and just pretty much like they address it i I appreciate that they addressed it to be weird if they didn't but at the same time it's just kind of like yep i'm just throwing myself into work not think about that let's go by like and just like dropped it you know i was like okay all right that's that's we all we all process differently
1: yeah, no but same i mean i get it so then uh they start talking about rumors that are going on that the set is haunted and dean wants to know you look like you're going to say what i was going to ask but uh, for it.
0: Uh, dean for it. wants
1: to know if it's
0: like poltergeist yep and sam's like what well, could be a poltergeist like talking about like <laughs> a ghost that throws things but i mean it's simplifying but yeah no they're talking about poltergeist the movie
1: so was poltergeist the movie really cursed yeah, yeah, that was fucking cursed. Like, that movie is so cursed. Okay, so and this is according to Grunge.com. All right, so um, the actor Oliver Robbins, the one who played the middle child, Robbie, was actually strangled by the animatronic clown. That's creepy ass fucking clown. Like it basically like got a hold of it, like it didn't get a hold of him, but it was like wrapped around his neck and started choking him. And Steven Spielberg had to rescue him. Like he legit almost died from that fucking clown. And also when this movie just came out, I would like to say that I did sneak into my parents' room to watch an HBO and I was like nine, 10, like probably not the age to be watching Poltergeist by yourself. And my dad came back from a business trip and gave me a clown, which I Immediately threw in the garbage. Um, okay, so the clown tried to kill the kid. Uh, Dominique Dunn, who portrayed Dana, uh, she was strangled to death by her ex-boyfriend in the driveway of her home in 1982. In 1988, the star, uh, the child Heather O'Rourke, died at age 12 from cardiac arrest after experiencing septic shock from con- congenital bowel obstruction, which sounds like a real shitty, no pun intended, way to way die. To go. Yeah, yeah um, she just finished filming the third installment and but it hadn't been released yet and she died. Um, the actor Richard Lawson, who is Beyonce's stepfather, was in a plane crash in 1992 that claimed the lives of 21, 27 of the 51 passengers. But he was gifted, gifted a front cl- first class seat after a fan. He gave a fan his autograph. They gave him the first class seat. And so if he kept his original seat, he would have died um also creepy fact uh the the scene you know where they're in the pool and all the corpses are like coming out you know like on the mud and they're trying to to strangle them
0: vaguely i will confess i've only seen parts of your first poltergeist poltergeist i've seen poltergeist three was my, my first foray into the poltergeist world and reminder that i
1: don't like horror I know, but they're such good movies. They really they are so scary. Um, but anyways, that, was a, that was a
0: sleepover I will never forget. Cape Fear and Poltergeist 3 in one night as like woohoo! a freaking like 11-year-old. Yeah, that sounds
1: like a good party. I hope you did Bloody Mary afterwards. Um, of, uh,
0: of course, we did when we did Light as the Feather, Stiff as a Board. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Uh, so, but anyways, those corpses that were in that pool, uh, Spielberg agree. decided he wanted realism, so he used real human skeletons. Not even know how he fucking got them. So what that? Yeah, yeah no, he, he, that's one of the no. this, that's one of the theories of how this got cursed was that he was, you know, he was using real. Well, that, and and Dean references that. that
0: yeah, he was using real.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um also so people who were in the movie started getting like basically paranormal, paranormal phenomenon at their house. So like people started having like weird lights and door slam and all other shit while they're filming uh-huh. it um in poltergeist 2 uh will Sampson was a real life shaman and he portrayed taylor the medicine man and he was actually he actually did an exorcism on the set to rid it of alien spirits and he died a little over a year after the film came out from complications associated with the heart and lung transplant um and also in part three uh there was a garage that was used for filming it caught fire after plastic fake ice was poured into the prop cars and that gotten in, gotten to flames and it injured three crew members so was poltergeist haunted or cursed fuck yeah it was so cursed yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah. pretty cursed it's hard to uh, argue yeah. yep
0: yeah <clears throat> so yeah um so we see um, Tara that we saw earlier and basically ends up, she's been, she was in several in their world in several horror films. And, um, and so Dean is totally fangirling um, and uh, she's the one that supposedly saw this, this vanishing figure. So he's all, he's all excited that she's in this movie cast. Um, I will say the, per, the actor that we see at this point that I was very excited about is a, a character named Brad, um who is played by Gary Cole who is also known as Reese Bobby from Talladega Nights Cotton from Dodgeball Bill Lumberg from Office Space and Harrison from Mixed Dish yep.
1: get those TPS reports out get those TPS reports I was very excited so yes. um and the next easter egg which comes at this point uh we find out that the director is named mcg so yeah. mcg is the actual producer of supernatural yep. also pussycat dolls uh and charlie's angel and charlie's angel full throttle so you see that later in the trailer that comes back when yeah. they do the hazer tube yeah. um, but the real mcg is actually in the scene and he's standing behind sam and dean while they're talking to the the fake mcg which know yeah. that's funny
0: Yep. Layers on layers. Yeah, so Brad is telling McG that he really wants the things, the movie to be more colorful. And McG uh, is mean, trying to explain that it's a horror film. So it's kind of a, a weird thing, but Brad assumes that Sam and Dean are PAs and wants a smoothie. And uh, Dean has no idea what a what a PA is, but Sam's references. I think they're kind of like slaves.
1: They are, yeah. Mm, wrong. Kind of
0: Which is extra funny because you know they probably they have PAs on their set, so it's like layers of yeah. funny. Like, kind of nah. Again, <laughs> so uh, you see, you start seeing shirts that were basically the movie that this is that they're the set that they're on is called Hell Hazers: The Reckoning you start seeing people in those shirts around um so dean gets a tray of smoothies and he's looking around They're and
1: delicious looking smoothies they look quite lovely yeah it's i was like, like watching... milkshakes they looked like star trek like star trek uh starbucks frappuccinos mm-hmm. and i was watching this today at like three o'clock in the afternoon which is at the point that i start craving caffeine yeah and no i can't drink it at three o'clock in the afternoon and i'm like mm-hmm, and all
0: what, you want is a frappuccino the, the
1: frappuccino bring it
0: to me i haven't had a frappuccino in so long oh man now i want one damn it okay yeah so dean takes these smoothies sets them down and decides to go up to up the like this i don't I, i'm terrible i was terrible describing this like i've worked the on my walk like, okay the stairs to the catwalk and yeah. um and yeah so he's just trying to like like check things out and look around We cut also back to the shoot taking place in the cabin where you've got Tara, a.k.a. Wendy, reading from an old book uh, in like a Latin-ish sounding language. And it's like, well, this is definitely some evil dead shit happening right here.
1: Yeah, very much. And also the clapper for this and 666.
0: Oh, I missed that. That's funny okay
1: oh i've got some insider things that like help me look for this stuff like it wasn't like oh yeah yeah, 666 i saw that no no. i found a super natural wiki thank you
0: (laughs) so and then um so he's got his his emf reader and he's just trying to see if there's anything up on the stuff up on this on the catwalk level up by this by the ceiling that would explain why she saw someone like a dead body up there but um they cut we get a quick cut over down to sam and dean at craft services dean is fucking stoked
1: yeah i would and be i would too. be too <laughs> I want a tiny cheesecake slider. Like I saw that, I'm like, oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, the Philly, Philly cheesecake helped- slider looked delicious. Would be- one of the things too? I do not understand about people who work in, in in film and in television is how you have a craft services table and just not be eating constantly because I would be like, how are you bitches stay so skinny? Like you've got like ninety thousand oh. calories that are all there, and I just be like, slider, rah rah, putting
0: i was like i'm, like, I'm gonna make up i was gonna make a terrible joke about drugs and bulimia but i don't think i'm allowed to make those jokes anymore no so no <laughs> i'll leave that one alone that's like the it's old whole- hollywood joke it's not yeah. funny haha but like oh yeah. but yeah. yeah also if i got you know if i had like you know four hours a day to spend at the gym i could probably eat more crap
1: well yeah uh, having a personal trainer and all the other things that go into that however there's also a lot of struggling people in oh, hollywood yeah. who
0: just so do not have, get any of that and but they've got yeah. craft services so they <laughs> not,
1: yeah i not mean at least sliders. like you can keep yourself fed i don't know but yeah those fucking sliders man
0: they really I mean, do look good like to the point where i almost told dave i'm like can we order the food, cheese cheesesteak place tonight when i
1: was watching the episode so i'm like. There's so much food that comes out of this. I like by the end, i was like, I want a frappuccino, I want a slider, I want a I want a taquito. <laughs> like oh,
0: man. Yeah. Yep.
1: But yeah, so we um
0: so dean's explaining that, like, look, there's nothing on the on the there's nothing on the EMF reader from up in the scaffolding. And they figure out that Frank was just a fill-in for the day. And Sam's, but Sam's already done the research, and no, uh, his detective Sam has already figured out there's been four deaths on that set. Two suicides and two accidents since its inception and over the last like 80 years. Um, so then Dean sees Tara across the room and decides he needs must go approach her immediately. So he walks off from, from Sam, grabs like some paperwork from one of the other production people i guess she was and then goes sure. over and and just like awkwardly fanboys and like oh, did you need did you need a copy of this but he does finally like pull it together and segue it into talking about frank uh, and she starts talking about how he had blood dripping from his eyes and mouth uh and that she saw the shape and but and then she had kind of a cute thing that she took polaroids of all the crew to pass the time and she shows it to him and he
1: goes son of a bitch son of a bitch we don't know what he saw. He saw something. What's going to happen? So we see
0: uh, the brothers knocking on a door um, and uh, a gentleman's home, uh, Gerard St. James, who is an actor and a also happens to be fucking Frank.
1: <laughs> He's alive and not Frank. No.
0: But basically, so Dean's character, Dean Winchester, is a fan of B-horror movies, is what we've figured out at this point, which is not particularly shocking. It does very much make sense, I think, with this character in some ways. Some ways, maybe not, but in a lot of ways, it does. And he recognized the actor. So yeah. apparently, um, Gerard St. James confesses to them that the producers brought him onto the set To fake his own, fake this character's death of Frank to build buzz about the show or the movie that's coming out, and to kind of get everybody all excited and on edge. The ghost that Tara saw was a projection, and uh, then he invites them to a terrible stage performance of him at a dinner dinner theater with pepper steak.
1: Yeah, he's he's doing a salesman, and so he's very excited about it as because that is all community theater can do is death of a salesman. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, and then um, Dean asks him about some other actor. I didn't really catch what that was about. I think it was just a throwaway. It was, well,
1: no, it was Richard Mall. Uh, I didn't write it down, but Richard Mall was in Night Court. Um, and okay. I forget what else he did. But yeah, he was someone who I can see, Richard, uh, I mean,
0: Dean, looking at that? me too. Yeah. Okay. So back on set, we see that we're back at the cabin. Um, and um, they're doing like the scene where they're, they need to find Wendy and her sister is one of the other pseudo actresses is saying, but the audio guy is having some issues. He heard some weird shit. And so they do a cut and he's like, Hey, this no, this is no good for sound too much feedback. We got to do this again. So, um, yeah. And we've got Brad questioning the director again <laughs> about the logic of why, how do the ghosts hear the chant from hell?
1: If the ghosts are in hell. How do they hear the chanting? and then, It's a good question. Like, how, how do you know? It's,
0: it's, yeah. it's like, do they have like superhuman hear or super hearing or something? So, anyways, so then he gets a phone call and he's got like no reception, and so we uh, he wanders off trying to take this phone call. But then you see, bum bum, bum a black and white ghost
1: for grayscale makeup oh my god i was i was researching grayscale makeup for the past two weeks and (laughs) i'm just like ah someone else is doing it so i'm like zooming in i'm like how do they do her makeup what do they do i want to do grayscale makeup so bad yeah and it's it's, i mean granted i was like just found that filter on my iphone so i could technically just do grayscale by just going poof but like to actually do it like oh so good yeah so she's got grayscale makeup on and she's yep. got a rock burn
0: yes and so he thinks it's a cast ghost like something from the show so he's like right critiquing her neck wounds like hey what do you call makeup over here but as he starts to walk off she's following him and then she drops her robe and goes up the stairs so of course like these you know cliche skeezy movie, movie exec of course he follows her upstairs
1: Warranted cliche. That stereotype. I, I'm not yeah. saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying it is. Yeah, but also <laughs> like chick just got naked in like. Well, yeah, that doesn't away. take. I
0: mean, like it doesn't matter what. It doesn't have to be a movie like character cliche. I guess that that were a movie director whatever thing. It just has to be like oh chick dropped her clothes and walked away and in a, in an inviting manner and male followed her. That's mm-hmm. like that. That's <laughs> the summary. That's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> you know like realism thing obviously like why how did they go to the chanting but i mean wouldn't you just call security like when would, would would you just follow that your would your dick be so hard that you had to follow naked chick up the stairs would you not uh, be if like you,
0: if you're like convinced that she is part of like this she like, must want me yeah
1: this bitch like totally yeah this is so normal i get women dropping their robes for me all the time you know, so I know. trying yeah. to get asking for my tps reports and yeah uh, yeah
0: i mean it might have been like the reese bobby was just like coming through way too much because i feel like reese bobby would have been like well she took a robot yeah i guess
1: so yeah
0: but he want he just wants to go fast um <laughs> it's the sun that's okay anyway so we're back on the uh, back focusing on like the set where they're shooting the part of the set where they're shooting and so because of brad's question the writer did add a what they call an explainer for the question and so ghosts from hell have super hearing uh then you hear a noise and all of a sudden brad falls through the roof of the fucking cabin hanging from a noose
1: and he (laughs) did Yeah. Y'all this cast sucks because I'm like, he wasn't dead. Like you could have cut him down. Like, no, he wasn't nobody... dead. Yeah,
0: you're right. There was a moment where he's like still alive. He dies pretty fairly quickly, but he was not dead immediately. Like if you had reacted, <laughs> they could have saved his ass.
1: Yeah, they all just ran away. Like nobody went forward to like help cut, him, cut down. him down. No. They're just like, oh, someone's hanging and we're going to run. That's I went. Mm. I would hope somebody, like, especially if Sam and Dean were on the set, that they, but could they would be have like,
0: like, run up and try to come down. I do like the symbolism of when you know he's really dead, though, is when his Bluetooth earpiece falls out. <laughs> that was, like, the true sign. Like, oh, no, he's really gone.
1: I hate those earpieces so much. You should die just for yeah, having one of them. Everybody hates them.
0: Especially now they're just so dated looking. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was distressing. So we cut back to the um, the cabin set again. Tara's um, got a flashlight and there's like this like a whole thing where it's like m- the cabin kind of moving around and they're all wondering if they should even be shooting right now. And then and I, the director's like, oh, we had a moment of silence at breakfast. I'm like,
1: damn, that's harsh. Yeah, I love that I just skipped all of that and just went straight to Dean his Flavster. A taquito. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Dean has a taquito. And yeah, I-, I was like, oh, I
0: didn't even caught the catch. So I'm like, but Dean has, I was like, somehow Dean has a headset. <laughs> but you've got his taquito. Um
1: the important so- I catch the important things. Like there is a piece of fried Mexican food and I want it. I don't, I don't blame me. That sounds
0: delicious. So Anyways, uh, so basically, Tara thinks it's stupid that they're using salt to ward off the, <laughs> the, the the evil stuff at this cabin, and uh, the writer's trying to like think of alternatives, like what like condiments that can we alternative condiments we can use or shotguns. But this like assistant dude Walter, who's been running around the whole time, is just like annoyed as fuck and like these people are idiots and just you know storms kind of by, Sam and Dean. you're like it's hm, weird he's really bothered by this. Yeah. Um,
1: and, shock, and also they have like, you know, a shotgun to make less sense and salt. Yes, <laughs> and so, that was funny. Yeah, yep.
0: yeah. Um, and like really you just see Dean is embracing PA life. That's what I think the summary is. There's food, <laughs> uh, uh, constant food. He's got a headset. He is chilling. He is living a this fanny life.
1: And pack. He's got a oh, fanny yeah. pack. Like okay, he, he's, he's in, got things that in. are prepped. He's all in. I think we found Dean Winchester's actual calling, which is to be a PA
0: yeah he's into it so he's like barely paying attention to the um to the case at all so sam's like by the way i totally went to the fucking morgue and like dean didn't even notice like the whole thing
1: but (laughs) i didn't even notice that either i'm just like dean has a fanny pack (laughs) so now they're like okay this
0: is pretty much like a legit haunting at this point um even though we knew that good old gerard st james was a faker this is actually a real shit now and so uh now they've got to figure it out but they go to um one of the trailers because uh because dean was able to get a copy of the daily uh which is a like a dvd recording of everything that's happened on set and um they watch when brad fell through the ceiling like on super duper duper like one like slow one frame at a time and you see a ghost in a robe in that frame and uh Dean makes another reference at that point about a movie or a ghost in a movie set. And it was not one I was familiar with, but- um oh, I- you never
1: heard this story? You never heard the three men and the baby story? Oh my God. This was like one of the first like, inter- I want to say like internet phenomenons, right? Hmm. It was, so it was, people would pass around this picture. And so if you look at the set of three men and a baby, there is like this floating like child and he looks like, I know. So it was this whole thing that this child, there was a ghost that was caught on the fe- the set of Three Men and a Baby*, but they eventually, I think, disproved it, and it was somebody's child that was hiding behind the couch. But for the longest mm-hmm. time, people were convinced that there I remember was pro- hearing something about that. That sounds familiar yeah. now. Yeah, it's it a lot. I mean, this is like prodigy time, like AOL chat room time that this was going around. <sighs> uh, obviously, because Steve Gutenberg still had a career, but. Uh-huh. anyways okay yeah that's okay. what they're they going so, off
0: about. but obviously sam recognizes who this this ghost is so there we go uh and apparently so we get sam's new nickname uh, or sorry dean has a new nickname on set sam's excited about figuring that the case but apparently dean's going by ozzy now on set
1: <laughs> which i just want to be like did dean did, did give himself that nickname
0: of course he did
1: he of did. course he did
0: Of course he did. So, but Sam has figured out that this person, this ghost that was in that shot, was at least Drummond. She was a starlet in the nineteen thirties. She had an affair with an executive. She was distraught and hung herself in a scene that was being shot, just like Brad did. And um, and yeah, so trying to like take down the studio brass, or maybe there's somebody. Maybe these ghosts are after the studio brass. So, there we go.
1: Yep. And so basically, his death matches exactly, and they're like, we're going digging tonight. And I think that's as good as time as any to segue into the lore. Yeah. For this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said... Uh, I was very excited doing the research on this episode because it's Hollywood, it's ghosts, and oh my god, almost all the studios are haunted. And it's—I've been having a really hard time finding other paranormal adventures to go on when I go to LA, uh, mainly because I just have-
0: like your concert is it just going to be its own paranormal adventure. <laughs>
1: I've got like two already. Like I have two concerts, and I want like I'm torn between on the day before Halloween going to Universal Studios to go see all the Universal Studio monsters, mm. and and Wizarding World in in Halloween Land, but that is also the Dios de los celebration at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, mm. and it looks fucking amazing, and that is the cemetery that they go to to burn her her. Yeah. Uh, that's supposed to be Hollywood forever we'll we'll get to that some things about that when we get there but so kind of went back and forth on which one I wanted to just to, to focus on and decided I wanted to talk about Culver Studios so there's a lot of interesting things about this but this is one of the ones so we're gonna get the reason I'm focusing on it is not only do we get some paranormal stuff we also get a Hollywood sex scandal and true crime and mm. all all the bells and whistles just going off. We got death. We have actresses. We've got famous people. We have hauntings. So yeah, it was all it was really, all the
0: really, favorite things.
1: Fuck yeah! Like and just and things just like spiraled over. So let's start off with just where Culver's Studios came from, where it is. So it's actually outside of LA uh, and it still exists and we'll get to where, where its current state is but so we go back to original age of gold it's not even gold in Hollywood like Hollywood is just starting uh, so in 1913 a man named Terry Culver decided he wanted to build a dream city and he basically wanted this whole place that was outside of LA that you know he wanted it to be like a movie theater place but he just he wanted to build a city right yeah um so He was like, you know what I can do to get people out here? Like I can get the film industry. And he had this vision in mind of having a community that was self-supporting that would eventually not be part of Los Angeles, but would annex from LA and become an incorporated city. And that's from the Culver City Historical Society. So while he's doing that, at the same time, there is a producer named Thomas Entz. And he started, he built his own studio named Innsville. Um, And it was really the first modern studio. And that was near LA at that time. And it was employing around 700 people in September of 1915, he agreed to move his operations to Culver City. So the new Culver City picture plant, uh, which was basically pretty cool, had some Greek revival columns, was named Triangle Studio. And this was one of the first what they call vertically vertically integrated film companies. So basically, I mean, you have production, distribution, and all the operations under the same roof. Right. Which made it, you know, that's really the start of the studio system, which is, you know, we're just going to have everything here We can make this very scalable and print it out really fast. So he was there for a few years, and then he was like, "I'm going to start do my own studio." So um, he decided to do that in 1918. That Triangle Studio eventually became MGM, which is now the Sony lot. Um, So they're like, "Okay, we're going to build you a new studio." So he starts building this new studio in Culver City, um, $250,000, which is a lot for the time. Yeah. And it was basically supposed to be cutting edge. They had all like last sound stages, prop rooms, dressing rooms, projection rooms, an electric plant, carpenter shops, and a large pool to use for like oceans. Wow. Uh, there was an employee gym and all sorts of things that were supposed to protect against fires. I don't know why that's in the statement. So yeah. So, the main administration building um, was—they built it in the style of Mount Verdon. and so it's this huge white wooden fucking mansion, and this became nicknamed the mansion. And a lot of times, when you look at the research into this, people will say that is what terror was, and Gone with the Wind that burned. So, Gone with the Wind was shot there, but it wasn't shot at the mansion. They actually okay. built—they had a back lot where they filmed it, but uh, the mansion is pretty the icon picture of this uh so they officially opened that studio in, in January 12, 1919. And Ence was just a workaholic, always working all the time. And so just running at a, a huge, you know, was pasting everything going up. He had eight to nine pictures shooting at the same time. He was working really heavily with his wife, Eleanor or Nell. Um, and, you know, somebody said, you know, he, he and his wife worked hard at the studio and there are pictures of them sitting at the kitchen table working on stuff. Uh, so at the same time that this is going on. Ince was negotiating a deal with William Randolph Hearst to um, create Hearst Cosmetology Productions, which would use Ince's studio. Um, And part of the reason for this is that Hearst had a mistress named Marion Davies, and she was pretty, you know, pretty popular in film. She was a Ziegfeld Folly girl, like super talented. So people think he just wanted to get a studio to have a place for her to, you know have a job. Um, but so you know, he goes out to his home to diaz Sorados. Um, and that was before Hearst's like this isn't Hearst's big mansion this is the one with like this before that and so they're like hey like your birthday's this weekend let's go take a cruise on my yacht and so hearst have this yacht named the oneida which is uh the native american tribe that was out in california at some point they're also the okay. ones who made like oneida silverware comes from this tribe's name so if you're- okay. yeah um, so he's like, hey, it's your birthday. Let's go out on my yacht and let's have a party. And they're like, cool. So they go out on the yacht and there's a ton of famous people on there, including Luella Parsons, who became the premier Hollywood gossip column, columnist activist, Charlie Chaplin, uh, of course, uh, her mistress, Marion Davis, Margaret Livingston, who was Ence's mistress. Remember, he is married. His wife is really involved with shit. but yes, he also had a mistress, you know you do um they had a full jazz band all sorts of other people around there so in as he goes on this like he really wasn't supposed to be eating or drinking rich foods um because he had some medical conditions but he's like hey it's my birthday so we're gonna party like it's my birthday exactly like so yeah so the the main story that gets in a published in most papers is that Ince gets sick, gets taken off, gets put on a train. So this is where the shrewd crime scandal really starts. All right. So according to Nell, Vince's widow, she said, Well, Ince took a train, like so he gets off the boat. They took a train to San Diego, where he joined the rest of the guests from the boat the next day. And at dinner that Sunday night, he had more birthday party celebrations, and but he suffered an acute bout." Of of indigestion due to his consumption of salted almonds and champagne both which were forbidden because he had peptic ulcers so look at you party with your delicious. champers and your almonds hey I, love the,
0: I like those fancy seasoned almonds we get when we
1: go to that oh, fuck, I, I actually have some truffle marcona almonds that i, almonds that I got at Trader joe's this weekend i'm very excited about them but anyways So apparently he was accompanied by Dr. Goodman, a licensed, though non-practicing physician. Uh, They traveled by train from San Diego to Del Mar, where he was taken to a hotel and given medical treatment by a second doctor and a nurse. He then summoned his wife and his personal physician and his eldest son. Then this group got into a train, went to L.A. and to his house where he died. Nell said that it had been treated for chest pains caused by angina. Um, and years later, his son became a physician and said, oh, I think my, my dad had thrombosis, uh, basically clotting in the veins, you know. So that's the story that was in the papers. And that is his I've said. But that's not the rumors that started and basically haunted Hearst to his death. Um, mm. So some of the rumors, though, first, they're like, oh, yeah, of course, we had that he partied too much. He had indigestion. And then, he, you know, some people was like, oh, he had, then he had a heart attack. Or that he drank bad booze because this is prohibition. So like, you don't really know what kind of booze you're getting. So maybe he drank some bad booze and died. Maybe he killed himself. They're like, I think he's like, you know, he's in a lot of debts and he killed himself. He was not. Um, Or the story that really gets told the most is that he was killed by Hearst. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. So why would William Randolph Hearst kill him? Well, he wasn't the, the 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 rumor is that he wasn't trying to kill him. Um, and the, one of the reasons this rumor started is that Charlie Chaplin's valet, uh, Kono, said he saw him when he came ashore via the stretcher and he told his wife that Inza's head was bleeding from a bullet wound. And this quickly spread around the Japanese domestic workers that lived in Beverly Hills at the time. Hmm. People also think that it was very suspicious that he was immediately cre- cremated and that uh, now eventually went on an extended European vacation that was maybe funded by Hearst. Um, people also think it's suspicious that the investigation really only questioned one man, and that was Dr. Goodman. And Dr. Goodman basically was in the employ of William Randolph Hearst. He ran several of his newspapers, wasn't really a doctor anymore, but he's the one that the DA spoke to and they closed the case after that so, so not shady at all not nope there's no shade in this at all there's nothing suspicious in any of this so no. the reason why people think this happened was that so marion davies was william randolph's Hearst's mistress and they had been she it, in the long run she actually ends up being the one she marries him eventually um But he thought that she was having an affair with Charlie Chaplin, who was a ladies' man. And also, if you look at the photos of William Randolph Hearst, Marion Davies, and Charlie Chaplin, you're like, yes, Davies and Chaplin were totally banging. Because she was 21, Hearst was like 65, and Chaplin was in his 20s, and they were both fucking hot, and I'm pretty sure they were fucking. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, she's... And there's a lot of stories that go into, you know, Marion Davies really obviously cared for him. She ended up being his caretaker until he died. At the same time, you know, you got to get some. And Chaplin was a womanizer asshole. Yeah.
0: And in her age range.
1: Closer to yeah, her. yeah, yeah. Probably didn't have wrinkly balls. <laughs> um, okay, so... <sighs> Potential scenario is like this is the one that gets said a lot is you know, Hearst. So Hearst invites Chaplin onto the yacht so he can watch them together. Yeah. Catches them fucking, um, runs to get his gun. Marion screams. Ince runs to go see what's going on. He wrestles with Hearst and he gets shot. So that's the, one of the main like theories about what right. happened. And there also is a rumor that like the next morning, there was a headline in the LA times that read movie producers shot on Hearst yacht. And by the evening, those headlines have vanished. Hmm. This is one of those, sorry, as so I'm getting indigestion from the white wine, oh, excuse me. Um, this is one of those, it's hard to prove a negative, Right. Um, cause I, you know, if I go through and I looked, cause I read through a ton of newspapers from this time and they all say the, the latter thing about the indigestion. So if Hearst yanked these out, like I would think there would be an archive somewhere, but I don't know. I can't prove that it, it existed and get disappeared unless like somebody had it, but right. there's, there's nobody who has a copy of, but somebody said they saw it. Right. right. Um, so another fun fact so like everyone's you know so these rumors are going but everything else is really going he died of a heart attack it was you know sudden um i did find a fun fact that the oration at his funeral was from a theosophist from the united lodge of theosophists at the request of mrs entz so theosophy is something that developed around the same time as spiritualism and diana's gonna face on i think you may have heard of this i have Uh, not
0: i'm fascinated Yeah. I just like this word
1: yeah it's theosophy so it's a basically a mixture of eastern and western religions so it's like buddhism and hinduism but i kind of interplayed with some western things um one of like their main principles was they want to investigate unexplained laws of nature and the powers like in humanity it's a fucking cult like it Uh beyond it is a cult that's had a lot of really famous people attached to it uh einstein was um a member at some point and um is this but, like is this like the like scientology before scientology yeah they you know zenu but um <laughs> yeah, much. i mean i'm just saying
0: like all the famous people were fucking cult members of it kind of yeah yeah an excuse to like try to be like morally superior in some garbage
1: yeah I I say guess. this, they developed the same time as spiritualism, right? What? So, people are looking for Answers. new paths to explore, mm-hmm. and so they're like, Hey, it's kind of awesome just you know how everyone got obsessed with yoga, you know, just like this it was like, Oh, clearly the people from the Eastern religions have some deep spirituality that, whatever. I just thought it was interesting that that yeah. came into it this kind of occulty piece, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, So one of the things that also kind of goes to disprove the the bullet thing um, was that the Times did note that his his casket remained open for an hour to afford friends and studio employees to pass for one less glimpse of the man that they loved and respected. And nobody ever saw a hole in his head. So, Hmm. I mean, it could have been a hole in the back of his head. And that would have been, you know, then they just do like really good like hair and makeup. Yeah, I mean, there is Hollywood, right? So they could potentially have covered up. So nobody likes all that. But there is a very, very delightful 2001 film named The Cat's Meow. And it has the most amazing cast. So Kirsten Dunst played Miriam Davies. Edward Herman plays William Randolph Hearst. And I sent Diana random pictures of Edward Herman in sombreros last night Mm -hmm. because he wears a lot of hats in this movie. And that's not a metaphor for like his, the different (laughs) roles. He's literally wearing different hats. Like at one point he has like a jester hat on. For those of you who don't know, Edward Herman was uh, Richard in Gilmore Girls. So this also, this is just like, we're tying back to Gilmore Girls again. Um, But also playing, he was also the uh original vampire the lost boys like I I love Edward Herman to death he's so great they also casted Eddie Izzard as Charlie Chaplin and he looks so fucking hot as Charlie Chaplin I was like whoo girl like you were doing it for me I was like I know like you've gone to another way of dressing these days Eddie but you look damn hot, as Charlie Chaplin, to say that. Uh, Carrie Elways, aka the Dread Pirate Roberts, played Thomas Ends, um, and Joanna Lumley, who was uh, Patty, uh, Patsy from AB Fab, uh, played Eleanor Glenn, and she's kind of this all kind of told from her perspective. She was fucking amazing. And the last amazing person in this film was Jennifer Tilly. Fucking Jennifer Tilly was in it in She played Luella Persons, and she was obnoxious and amazing as only Jennifer Tilly is um so i was very excited that i came across this this weekend i was just like what and that's what i was doing last night uh, i was watching this film and just so i saw like an interview with one of Hearst's Hearst biographers on c-span who basically said the entire thing was rubbish that none of this happened but i'm like there's a movie about it and Edward herman has a sombrero so i maybe kind of want to believe it's it fun had, so i want to believe it yeah yeah. yeah. So one of the rumors is so Luella Parsons who she had just come to California and she was working as a Hearst employee. But after that night on the yacht, she had a lifetime contract to be mm. the yacht. Yeah. And everyone's just like, Oh, she got paid not off. Suspicious. Not suspicious at all. So there's a lot of things that kind of go back and forth in that night that like, um, basically said, you know, if you wanted to make like Hearst, like go pay I'll just say it and he would just kind of freak out freak out hmm. so but honestly I you know, really I kind of think that he just got sick and died but you know whatever uh the other story is much more fascinating and I really yeah. like the idea of someone getting shot in a yacht and in the I'm not going to spoil the movie the movie has a really great scenario of how um Ince was the one who got shot um so he dies So he does. And so we've got the studio. His wife, Nell, actually kept the studio open for a year. But after that, in 1925, it gets sold to Cecil B. DeMille. So... um, and actually, DeMille didn't do very well with the studio. So then it went to RKO. Um, and during that time, that's when King Kong was filmed there. Mm. In 1937, it went to David O. Selznick. And so that is when Gone with the Wind was filmed there. And they filmed that's it all amazing. on set. Uh, Citizen Kane was shot there in 1940 uh howard hughes bought it at one point then he sold it to general tire and then in 1957 it was sold to lucille ball and desi arnaz and became desilu um and then it just kind of like kept changing owners and but there was a the lot was used for a lot of famous tv shows including glassy star trek the andy griffith show in 1986 Wee's playhouse was shot there um yeah yeah Wee's playhouse was there um Someone bought the lot in 1980 1986, right when that was getting filmed and that was Grant Tinker and Gannett. They did a 26 million dollar renovation and in 1988, Beetlejuice was shot there what? so yeah so we had Beetlejuice shot there um and just tons and tons if you look at the like the matrix ends up being shot there like all sorts of legally blonde Armageddon like it's list of like really important things that was after mm-hmm. so bought it
0: um well I just so- like to point out the gamut of things you just called like we went from Pee-wee's Playhouse to Beetlejuice to Legally Blonde to Armageddon. As far as like some of my iconic things that were filmed there, and I just really, really, really appreciate that spread.
1: Yeah, it's like hey, you, Citizen Kane was filmed that, there. Too. Yeah, but also Beetlejuice, so and, and Legally Blonde. And Legally Blonde. You want to know which film I'm going to watch over again? It ain't going to be Citizen Kane. Fuck you, bend, Rosebud. Bend, bend I don't give shit. I would much rather watch Be Stuck in a Room and watch Legally Blonde 50 times, so watch Citizen Kane one more time. Sorry, Orson, you're a genius, but I can't. I can't. The movies dull. Um, Okay, so eventually, um, so it was Sony sold it again. Hackman Capital Partners bought it in 2014. Then in 2017, Amazon announced plans oh. to occupy 280,000 square feet. The studios, including the mansion and the bungalows, um three years later announced a 600 million project to transform the studios in prep for amazon studios which is now basically being put in there and so if you go in there you can see uh the changes of what went through but i think it's really cool there is a video of so i said the mansion and the bungalows so if you go into a lot of the older hollywood lots i love bungalows on there and like we they're basically places where like writers would stay or actresses but generally writers and stuff Hmm. um so they have all the original housing that was there that was built the same time like the as the mansion and so they moved they actually moved all of them to another part of the lot and there's a really interesting video of like well they moved it back to where they were originally at but it was a parking lot and the parking lot didn't have the structure for it so they had to like it was it's really it's fascinating how they did that but but let's get on to the ghosties, because I promised you sex, true crime, and ghostliness. So uh, lots of employees report they see ghostly security guards just patrolling the night. And I don't know if they're paid on scale, but that seems like a really efficient way of getting your security done. Just have ghosts do it for you. Right. Um, People often have said they've seen the ghost of a man climb the stairs to the main executive screening room, which is originally INSA's private projection room. Mm. Guards on the third floor uh, saw have seen an apparition of a woman and she quickly disappears, leaving a cold spot. And during that construction in 1988, which is oftentimes when you hear stories of like spirits like really getting riled up, everyone's like, Yeah, INSA's pissed. <laughs> Uh, so two workmen saw a man in a bowler hat watching them from the catwalks, just like in this episode on stage one, two, three, and they spoke to him and he disappeared through a wall. Um, and then on stage 234, a special effects guy saw a man in an odd hat, and the worker next to him like told him about the same time he saw this guy who looks exactly like Thomas Entz, and the man turned to him and said, I don't like what you're doing in my studio, and then disappeared into a wall.
0: Wow. Well. Um,
1: yeah so stage yeah so stage one the one where they saw uh, the guy in the bowler hat was actually demolished during the reno uh so people a lot of people think that's why like his ghost got what you know riled up was just you know all the changes that we're going through so if you go to california right now you actually cannot go to culver studios because covid and amazon blah 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 um the hotel the the culver city hotel was right near there and that is also supposedly haunted um there are tunnels through there that lead uh in between the hotel and the studios um and there that's where like the munchkins from wizard of oz apparently like they said like they would run back and forth through the tunnels <laughs> um so all sorts of stories about that, and I actually did look. I was like, "Is huh? so that hotel technically is available for part of my stay, but not all of it, and it's not in LA." So I was like, uh, "Like I kind of want to do it, but." i may just drive out there but anyways so that is the story of culver and pretty much if you mm. go and do your research uh all those all the studios in la are haunted they've all got really great stories but uh that was the one i wanted to talk about because again we got the true crime we got the ghosties yeah. we got all sorts of stuff we got a man and all Charlie chaplin yeah, yeah. Who, who was a hottie Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I feel like the ghosts would not be thrilled about Amazon. I mean, I I use Amazon. I'm not, I am not too proud to admit this, but Amazon is kind of the devil. Except that when they're yeah. streaming our show, which we love you, Amazon, and please promote our show. But I'm just saying, like...
1: Yeah, dad, yeah corporate daddy, hey! Um, yeah. But yeah, we all know you're evil, and I am really interested to see um, stories that come out of this new era, because they are trying to keep, obviously, in the same age, we we believe in keeping the historical, world, so everything they're building they've done like i said they moved all the bungalows they moved you know the mansion didn't move it was there but i am interested to see if like people who are coming in are like seeing a bunch of phenomenon yeah yep all right so we'll go back to the show and at this point um and cemetery uh, yeah, so we're at the cemetery, and then also we have Don Stark. And that was the point that I realized that Don Stark, that Jay was being played by Don Stark, who is also Bob Pinciotti from that 70s show. That. Did you miss that? Yeah, I was like, that guy looks really familiar. How do I know? Him? I'm like, oh my God, it's Don dad. So That's funny. And but- they go to Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yes. So that's the place Which,
0: that is. Yeah, go ahead. So, what's funny about that is that that didn't like. Now you've you've talked about that now, and then I didn't like realize that was kind of like like a, I guess it never like read through my brain that was like a thing. But a book series that I've read, like I just read, like oh, I think is I think it's the final book. It just came out. Um, there's a lot of ties to the Hollywood Forever for Cemetery, and it's a uh, Richard Richard Cadry's, um Sam and Slim series. So I just finished that. But anyways, there's a lot of references to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, so now I feel like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense, if that's actually a thing. <laughs> actually a thing. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, I feel stupid for not looking it up, but like, I just didn't even think to. So there yeah. you go. That's okay. Um, There we go. So they're in the cemetery. Sam and Dean are in the cemetery and uh, Dean wants to find Johnny Ramon's grave, but um, basically they're discussing how they're not sure it why Elise uh, is back at all now, but they have to find a grave, so they do their routine. They dig absurdly fast impossibly fast and get her to her body and throw salt and then they put a bunch of lighter fluid on it and set it on fire
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, also, Johnny Ramone's grave really is in Hollywood forever. So is Dee Dee. Both Johnny and Dee Dee are buried there, but Dee Dee just has like a regular head, headstone. And then Johnny's got like a giant statue on it of him playing guitar. And in the scenes from last year's D.S. Ellis Worthless Festival, like they have like shots of them going by his, his statue. It's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. Also, while they're through there, so Jay is walking through the set and he's talking shit about McGee yep. and like pretty much everybody who's on there.
0: Yep, he is not into it, and he's the, he's a the producer, and he's just talking shit on everybody. So, but then the lights go off. And. <laughs> then but he sees someone like moving about like in the cabin so he starts going over even though it's real dark he can barely see he's like hey help me find the exit he's kind of a fucking dick about it though like i mean i get it it's dark but he's not like dude help me he's like the fuck help me out here like really shitty uh not that it would have mattered because the guy that the, the person that he saw in the cabin turns around and in my comment my thing i wrote down his head is broken um <laughs>
1: So and, and, my, and my comment was yes look at that corpse makeup it was uh, so good like, it was, it was such very good. well
0: done His, the head that's is like good
1: makeup this head has been
0: spliced open repeatedly and i'm like that's why i was like i don't even know what to write here it's broken <laughs> broken <laughs> like head is broken uh so yeah it's sliced up real crazy and so all of a sudden the fan cuts on you're like oh that's what happened that's no good that's no good and the ghost disappears and the fan is sucking jay in
1: and i was like he got sucked and blown <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so then you see blood splatter that's <laughs> it so and we cut and there is a preview for this movie for hell hazer we get to see the preview that will be running for this movie and um it's terrible
1: it's terrible but it's full of easter eggs i told you like there is tons I, of them. I, know, no, I know i know of one did you caught you caught what which one did you catch the credits okay so the credits are there okay so these are all and this is all from supernatural wiki i did not find all this okay so the writer martin flag is also credited as so this episode's writer i don't know um one of their writers martin flag is credited as a writer of cornfield massacre and monster truck which are illustrated with images from supernatural episodes 111 scarecrow and 113 route 666 oh There's, i wondered
0: about that okay
1: Makes yeah sense. there's also a shot of the hook from 107 hookman of claire's desiccated hands from 207 the usual suspects gordon and his bloody knife from 203 bloodlust and the inside of angela's coffin from 204 children shouldn't play with dead things
0: damn
1: they yeah they they went there they went for it, it was i like great. it it's clever
0: why not have fun yeah. with it yep yeah. so All I've got is at the end they show the like the movie like credits from the preview and they show that, but it's actually all of the actual crew from the episode we're watching. Yep. funny. Funny and clever. So I was like, ooh, I bet that's a thing, and I had to look it up. So yeah. So um Anyway, so back to our brothers. Uh, Sam's figured out that there was an electrician who died in an accident at the at the um, set. So now they know who their second ghost is. Um, we see a cheesy ass scene with a yellow Ferrari pulling in, McGee getting out of his Ferrari with his shoes that are his Adidas that are blue and yellow and match his Ferrari. I would point out. And he gathers the crew around to shut down production for a few days. Basically, they're making him the. the the studio is making them do it but um and the authorities but gives this weird speech about setbacks and about how J- brad and jay would have wanted them to finish the movie but they're taking a few days off i almost didn't get the point of this scene i'm just gonna say i don't even know why i spent time just telling it to you now <laughs> seems like a waste so all right uh so basically the sam and dean are like well let's take advantage of this time they're gonna watch the fucking dailies like crazy trying to solve and see these ghosts as much as possible um unfortunately they can't just go you know salt and burn the electrician's body because the electrician was fucking cremated so they're just trying to find more and more info and footage uh, in info in the footage so um sam makes a crack about how the ghosts are mad because the movie sucks
1: (laughs) they're trying to shut it down because it sucks <laughs> I was like no fair I also think it's really funny like how into this movie Dean is and how like much Sam does not give a fuck a
0: total <laughs> different reaction it is hilarious but yeah um so they're Sam didn't want to go talk to the writer and they're kind of like talking about how they're totally into the details of the script like lying and um, they find out from him that walter was the original writer he's not a pa he's not assistant and that he put all those things in and they get they they find the original they get the original copy of the script and it was called like lord of the dead uh yeah and yeah
1: also another easter egg so in marty's office there is a poster for carnival carnivore carnivore carnival God, this is full of tongue twisters. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and it has an image from Everybody Loves a Clown in it. So you see this picture of a clown in the back, and that's the one from, yeah, yeah. So that's mm. in there. So um
0: they figure out that Walter is mad at people for wrecking his movie. So he put a real ritual in the movie.
1: Seems fair. He spent a long time writing that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So, um the writer is on set at night, supposed to meet Walter. Walter's pissed. He's saying that, hey, you just like fucked my whole story up. This bullshit. And uh he has some crazy ass medallion. <laughs>
1: yeah. Look at my scary amulet. Walter ne- has look at my necklace. necklace. Look at my necklace.
0: <laughs> and this- says some incantation, and the electrician shows up. A long, yeah. uh, show I, by just the him,
1: I just call him fan dude. I'm like fan dudes back.
0: Fan dude, fan dude. Uh, I call him like Tristan, but yeah, I like that fan dude. So, and all of a sudden, the fan cuts on. Walter's yelling about how he wants, um you know, his own know, his own work to be whatever. He's blah blah blah. Been blah. Ru- his work's been ruined. He's Whiny peaceful, writer blah, 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 bullshit. Blah. Yeah. How dare you edit my work? Yeah. Um. And then all of a sudden there's shotgun blast and the electrician dissipates and the fan cuts off because guess who showed up Dean, um, and Sam, of course, and uh, whatever,
1: Sam's here,
0: whatever. Well, Sam's around. He's not as super like
1: active. This is not, this is not Sam's
0: episode. No. Or yeah, this episode. Yeah. So anyways, the writer has like a funny comment about you're one hell of a PA, which I thought was really funny. Dean so Sam goes after Walter cuz he's like uh Walter is going to run because and he's calling the the dead and like anyways it's this whole thing where Walter's just trying to summon all these fucking ghosts to kill them all because he's pissed that his story got changed because he's a bitch. That's yep. my that's my brief summary of what's happening. There's a lot of yep. running around. They all run around. There's two more ghosts and now we've got three motherfucking ghosts. You got the like fanboy electrician and two others and um yeah. But they do this crazy thing where the ghosts go invisible. And so they figure out they have to be real smart and use their phone camera to be able to see the ghosts. Where did this come from? Where did this come from? This is like out of the blue. Like, oh, here's a new thing. We're just going to throw it in here because, like, sprinkle this bullshit in. Some bullshit.
1: Yeah, no, this was the stupidest thing. This is so fucking stupid yeah
0: so the writer is being useful by using holding up the camera and pointing out where to shoot um and then um it also yeah. very looked much like duck hunter
1: at this point and it was like was, a video game. it's like a video game yeah, at this like, point right, oh, da, 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 shoot da, 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 shoot like i was like this is yeah. weird yeah. yeah it's
0: weird and so and they are like trying to hide in the cabin but there's like not walls there so it's not very helpful but Anyways, they finally get to the point where they've got Walter, they've got the fucking, the ghosts are following him. It's all there at the same time, but the ghosts are invisible, and then all of a sudden, Walter breaks the amulet. Oh no! Which means that he doesn't understand. He thinks he just kept the Winchester brothers from controlling the ghosts. No, he's freed the ghosts, so now the ghosts are gonna come back at him from making him, making them kill. So... Yeah. I mean, it sounds reasonable but at the same time it's kind of like yeah yeah
1: and, and then
0: I, he gets knocked and then he gets knocked down and he's bleeding a lot and they hold up the camera phone and it's the ghost tearing Walter apart on the ground
1: which is pretty brutal like it was a, a pretty good death scene it was. and was very reminiscent of hellhounds like watching the invisible like things go through there yeah um but also so dumb <laughs> so dumb <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's fucking ridiculous. But I also kind of love it. Like, it's just like, we're just good, to unabashedly just make fun of ourselves. And like, this is some stupid Hollywood shit, right? And so immediately after this happens, we cut to a scene of the oh, yeah. film going on. Yep. And of course, now- Now the they're using phone. a camera
0: phone to spot ghosts while one of them shoots with a shotgun. Yeah. And I like that Sam says to the writer, you find out there's an afterlife and this is what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Writer says, you need a little jazz on the page.
1: You do. You need a little jazz on the page. Which yeah. I think is a sign for heroin. Like, you need a little jazz on the page means you do heroin, right? That's...
0: no, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. No. So,
1: right. yeah. so, so there we go. And then we're going to cut out to... Oh, ta- I bet you Tara's, love this. Tara's trailer is a rocket.
0: Don't come a knocking.
1: It also like rocks real fast. And then, like, he was like, Dean was dressed in like two seconds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hit it and quit it. Jeez. So she's in a robe and makes Then she does the one hell of a PA <laughs> again. So now he's done that twice. And yeah, Dean puts on his jacket and they walk away
1: they walk away into the fake sunset so and, and the then eventually yeah. and then eventually they go out to the picture of the fake studio which again so meta we have the the studio in the studio that's
0: the not studio. a studio
1: yeah yeah
0: that's the episode what'd you think? it was a really fun one overall like there was like the there's a couple like the, the couple things were kind of dumb but it was really fun
1: really fun. yeah I think that's a pretty good an app description. Like, could this? There's not. There's no isn't re, no redeeming, but there's in terms of pushing storyline along. There's none of that here. This is no, just but they, but they had
0: fun. You could tell they had fun yeah. with like all the tie-ins and all the references. Like that's that's cool to me a lot of homage to other yeah. things
1: it's enjoyable i guess, you know and it's but it's one of the things too that makes supernatural so good is that they just put fun in themselves
0: like they know they don't, like, take, they don't take themselves seriously
1: yeah. and we're only in season two even at season two they're like we're fucking ridiculous we do a show about shitty ghost hunting like like why is salt here why why did we use shotguns why do like there's someone who's using a Necronomicon to summon things like what like yeah so i I really enjoyed that aspect of it um and overall like if you just had this the piece of standalone fiction you're probably like this is really shitty but if you know like within the context of everything it's really good
0: Right, it'd just be silly and whatevs if you saw us on your own, but like with everything else, I agree.
1: Yep. But yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, so yeah. I think I think we can we can close this out then. I think you're right. All right. Well, cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast.
0: Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod. Or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's dot com.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's dot Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Meow.
0: Intro music, arrangement
1: and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.